you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Watches us while we pray for you. Every day, we pray for you. Welcome back. (laughs) To another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis and I am joined by room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Connie Fox, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, people? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's a new a little, extra, on it. little extra there. I hope we don't have to pay royalties to uh, Puff Daddy for one of his <laughs> great all-time rhymes. That was, I need those money. prayers that Money was talking about. Uh, if you if you notice right away, Connie Chipper, it's because she's still got the afterglow of being in Philadelphia uh, when they clinched the uh, conference and, a, and a, a spot in the big game. That's what Philadelphia does for you. It gives you a glow on your face. It also gives people bruises and cuts and many other terrible things. Yeah, like but, you know. Sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> act like you've been there before, but we've never been there before. So the, the <laughs> I moment, know how we do that. The moment when I knew, like, it was all bets are off with Connie was when I got, I checked my mentions and I got this tweet and we have our video show this week. So if you want to check this out, NFL.com slash ATN video at 6 p.m. Pacific. Here is Connie Fox. Uh, her tweet to me. <laughs> just, what? A lot of exclamation points. A lot. Just my name and 13, 34 exclamation yeah. points. What is that? Was that that's post game, right? That's well, it's the game is winding down at that point. (laughs) And that's when I knew that I could stop worrying about things. And also that was like by the time I was on maybe my second or third drink of the game. Okay. And that was also one of the things the next day when I woke up, I was like, why did I do that (laughs) again? What was the reasoning there? And what and where what did you do for the rest of Sunday? Just take us through that. Well, uh, I saw Greg in the press box for a little bit. Colleen was a fish out of water, only there for like a quarter. I was like, why are you even sitting here? This is the wrong place. Because, you know, it's just very antiseptic. Why? She's a woman, Greg? No, because oh. it's quiet. And it's people, a journalist. People are just typing. Is- and I knew she would want to be like enjoying the game. And it's not a place to and sit and enjoy. I wasn't very quiet when I came in there either. I just kind (laughs) of sat there and started talking with James Palmer and annoying everybody. It's it's funny because I grew up my whole like life after I realized I wasn't going to be on the Yankees. I wanted to be a sports writer. And then once I actually got into the business and saw what press boxes were like, I was like, I never want to work in these things ever. <laughs> but yeah. the press box in Philadelphia has an amazing buffet. Like they have really good really food there. Good food. So I was really right. excited about that. And I spent some time in the parking lot before the game. We did some stuff for the network with Steve Smith. And then we played washers uh, oh, with, yeah. with some fans. Yep. Um, and Washers then, is the thing with the string with the two balls on the end, and you throw it onto the. No, they're like wa- they're at like washers, like t- like tools. Not I don't tools, know what not tools. Is. What would you call them? Like I a, know what a washer is. I know. mean, I know what a washer. Throw the washer into a. It's almost like uh, corn. You really know what a washer is, Greg? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes underneath the screw. It's like a disc. Yeah, it's oh, like it's a like small metal well, it disc. Doesn't have a toolbox. That's why I asked. <laughs> I mean, basic okay. knowledge of of human 
you know, construction would give you a knowledge. Okay. Wait, so what is washers? So it's just like corn. You have there. There's a box on each side, and then you toss the the washer into the box, and then there's but it's a, small. There's a cup inside the box, so you can get the washer inside the cup or the box, and then you get points depending on that. Huh. And if you miss the box, well, then you don't get it. Dan, any. you're thinking of the game that I attempted to buy for a backyard party <laughs> oh, yeah. with the oh, two no. balls on a string where you wick it over, uh, yeah. try to catch it onto a fence, and it caught on a phone line and was there for like, about a month. <laughs> yeah. Ago. Yeah, so I saw Greg in the press box, and then I went and um, met up with some friends in one of the suites, Ooh, and that's where that's you. where I sent the picture from. Um, you were in a suite. I had some old Eagles, some old friends that uh, have a suite. How fun! Yeah, and then we went to a, a little bar by the stadium afterwards, and randomly there were some <laughs> players that ended up there too. Did you have that? What players the whole were time? there? Well, it's their bar of choice, isn't that right? Yeah, they go they go to this little like kind of. It's not really a dive bar, but this little bar by the stadium uh, after every game. And this game, I guess, was well, no different. Well, let's name drop. Who, who are they? Who's there? There was, the, well, the entire Selleck family was there. Okay. Um, the Selleck's? Yeah. And, of course, I'm like, Garrett Selleck, tell me everything about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> I played it really cool, guys. Uh, Fletcher Cox was there. Brandon Graham. Little Donnie Jones for you. Nice. <laughs> Um, what is Fletcher Cox's drink of choice? What is? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I just. What was your drink of choice, and how many? Uh, everything. I think there was no, you know, it, choice. Just all whatever. of it. All, all of the things. I don't yeah. know if you've been anything up to date cup. with the podcast, but your drinking habits have be- become studied of late on this show. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. What well, have you found in your guess at? I would say guess at, and yeah. maybe in an accusatory way. Perhaps. Well, just cycle back and listen to some episodes okay. and see what you come across. Okay, that's great. Um, so Colleen is going uh, to the big game. And by the way, I'm saying big game uh-huh. because we have what? I'm bad at math, Greg. You know this. How far away are we from the Super Bowl? We are As we tape here, 12 yeah, days. 12 days away. Less than a fortnight. So let's. we got plenty of time to talk about the Super right. Bowl. From, so go. <laughs> You said it. So going forward, that was, I was setting the table, but that's okay. So going forward, no references to directly. Do not bring up the SB words. In this show. Mm-hmm. In this show. Okay. Because we have plenty to talk to. And by the way, there is a penalty. It will be tracked. If you want to count that against me, that's fine. That's I would say no. You were setting up. up to you guys. I would say no. That would be Whoever ridiculous. utters the two words the most gets sent to the NFL media Agony Center. What's that? <laughs> I, th- well, I thought you were going like to say the NFL Media Summit next year. <laughs> that, that's, that's a punishment, too. <laughs> to They're kind of the same thing. Um, no. Well, we found, if you watched NFL Pick'em this past week, we found an interrogation room, which was, <laughs> I guess, it was actually, it's not an interrogation room. It's a study room where you look through a one, one-sided glass at people playing video games and things like that. That exists on what? this campus. For sure. Where? Really? Yeah. I, we'll yeah. send you a link. It's wild. Once that room exists. It's right upstairs. It's like right in the open. Yeah. It's hiding in place. Yes, Colleen is not watching Pick'em studiously. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's really falling behind on her ATN programming. Um, so if that room can exist, why wouldn't the NFL Media Agony Center exist? Seems natural. Somewhere Seems natural. On this yeah. Ah! Oh, my God. All right. So. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's a different room. Um, the all right. Agony center, yeah. So the most, the most, uh, the, the 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 individual that says SB the most, mm. that gets that, a whipping. That's where they've been keeping okay. Brandon McGinnis ah! for the last fifteen months. Like, where is that guy? I haven't seen him. The sound it sounds a little bit like in the Lion King when out. they when they hold up the uh, the baby Simba. 
And it's na na yes. na. That's what it sounds like in the beginning of that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> here we go. Coming up on today's show. <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. Coming up on today's show, a lot of news to get through. Not a ton of news, actually. But uh, some items as we spin toward the big game. Mm, good catch, good catch. Careful. Uh, including uh, Tom Brady updates, Gronk updates. Who gets to whip you, Dan, if you were the one to <laughs> lose? Well, I would think their employees in there. That, I'm that's way their too, job. I'm way too confident that this is easy to not say. I feel like this is an easy assignment, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. I Obviously, we'll get to it. Anyway, coaching reset. We are going to spin through the league because we've been caught up with the playoffs, and we're going to go through the divisions. Head coach reset across the league uh, and our thoughts on some of these hires, uh, all these hires, in fact. And um, finally, last but not least, we've been doing a video show on Tuesday all season, and everybody behind the glass has done such great work. Uh, total pros back there. Uh, the man uh, that sit, sits next to Lindsey Fulton for each show on Tuesday is Christian Anderson. And Christian uh, has, over the course as we've gotten to know him this year, has really explained his history, which is interesting. He's an L.A. native, but like hardcore. Like he's a guy that grew up in this area, knows famous people, grew up with famous people, grew up with famous people's kids. Played ball. Played ball yep. uh, at UCLA. His dad was a, a longtime assistant coach at uh, USC. So Christian's got stories about living in LA. So we figured this, our last Tuesday show of the season, why not um, offer up the first edition of Christian Anderson presents true life tales from Hollywood high. Ooh. I like this. The first edition coming on the last episode that Christian. Will I want there to be like a jaunty piano tune. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah that that is by design because we don't know how this is going to work <laughs> okay. out. Uh, it gives us some options. Maybe a spinoff pod for you if this goes well. Why not, Christian? Ooh. All right, but uh, before uh, we get to that, yes, let's let's start with some news. Boom goes the dynamite. That, of course. Who else could it be? It's Scott Zolak, the uh, color man for the Patriots radio network. We gotta, I love Tom Brady. We got to get Zolak. <laughs> that was amazing. Zolak playing the drums for some reason. We got to get Zolak on the podcast at this point. He was on up to the minute right before us Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago. And but he uh, him on a Super Bowl. He was tame, like, and he gave actually like real analysis. I said it. Oh, no. I just oh, realized it. Oh, she's <laughs> in the lead for the whipping. All right, all right. All right. Remember, this is what you're going to get. It's the Lion King. I thought Zolak did a nice job on our network. I think we all did. We were, he was quite But that's the, Zol- the, the guy playing drums and shouting, that's what she said. While that's he- Zolak five vodkas in, apparently. Yeah, like, what? A, a, I don't even get, like, the that's what she said. Even It know. doesn't have to it matter. Lacked, it's a, it lacked doesn't context. have to make sense. We, I felt like we needed more context for I what mean, was happening there. You know, I, f- I feel like everything we've heard from him could arguably be out of context. There is no context. That's what she said. I feel like he's related to Gronkowski. Is he? They're definitely. Genetically. Genetically, for sure. All right, let's do some news. Might as well start with the Patriots, who are playing in the big game in uh, less than two weeks, 12 days. Thank you, Greg. Uh, and Tom Brady. This is actually good news, um, because one of the things we've been through this this car wash 
for so long now, year after year. You don't want some kind of annoying injury story hanging around. I don't think it's going to be an issue with Brady because he's getting his stitches removed in that uh, throwing hand this week, and obviously it became a huge story in the back half of last week leading up to the AFC title game. Uh, however, um, and he played incredibly well, obviously, um, he will get the stitches removed this week, and you one could imagine he'll be all clear there. Less clear is the status of Rob Gronkowski. This might actually become the injury story that's annoying mm. because you would think Gronk, Greg, is going to be cleared um, uh, by two weeks. We don't know how serious this concussion was, but you imagine the Patriots, just from a gamesmanship angle, are going to play this up and make it seem like he might not be part of the game plan. So I would be surprised if he is. I don't know. When it comes to the concussion Mm. protocol, though, teams don't really have a chance to mess around with it. And and also with concussions, sometimes you're back in six days, like Andrew Sandehu was for the Vikings, and sometimes you're out for three or four weeks. I saw a lot of comments, including by you, Dan, immediately kind of <laughs> joking right after the concussion, be like, it'd be the biggest upset ever. We know, like, they're not going to actually do the protocol for Gronk. Oh, you know, no. this time he'll be right back on the field. But it's their concussions. Like, there's no way to know how that's going to play out, and he was out for the game. It wasn't totally jokey because uh, the concussion protocol, they've even as the season went along, they're trying to, like, close up the loopholes. But right. we see instances – and Once they're in like, it, though, they're kind of in it, is what I mean. There was a, a, an instance earlier in this playoffs. I'm trying to remember. It was a key player uh, that that it seemed like it was a possibility that it was skirted a little bit. And I, I Cam didn't go to the locker room. They right, only tested him uh, quickly in the tent, and they had reasons. They that's said that what I okay. expected with the Patriots situation. Yeah, but he didn't right. have a concussion, and Gronk. We'll did. probably wind so, up with knows? a. We don't know that. We'll get like an, a band of independent neurologists buried under the mass turnpike if the if he's not cleared. <laughs> trust I, me. I mean, I feel like I, I hear you, but I feel like if if ever there were, you were gonna push a guy back out on the field, it certainly would be a situation where you're playing the best defense in the league and you're yeah. trailing. And who knows? Maybe he suffered a really bad concussion. We've seen players sure. knocked out for a couple of weeks. It might go. It might be something that is annoying and go, goes up until get close. Either to get way, to. the Eagles are going to prepare for him. I mean, it's right. not like. And then right, if right. he's not in there, then that just helps them. But and, everybody's and as different. As we saw, like, and if he somehow didn't play, I wouldn't count out the Patriots either. No well, more time Three touchdowns right, for Dwayne Allen. They beat. They beat That's the Falcons great. last year w- without him. They we've seen players, though, more often than not return from concussions if they don't have a long history, which Gronk doesn't within two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be you would expect them to play. Uh, and other Patriots news. They are playing in the big game. Fifty two uh, <laughs> coming up in 12 days. They have opted as the home team. They have opted to wear their white jerseys, their road jerseys and a little history. Uh, Mark Sizzler. Um, and this co- came from a tweet from the Pats. Uh, Pats elect to wear white for the big game. Can I say s- if it's in there? T- no, no, you can't. No, absolutely uh-uh. not. Sorry. The team is 3-0 and in white in blank bowls under Bill Belichick. <laughs> blank bowls. Which is now they're, they're getting cute um, because they got wiped. Uh, they didn't get wiped. They got beat by the Packers uh, uh, with Belichick and Bledsoe, and they wore Ancient white history, in that game. Right. But under Belichick, they've never lost in white. I, I mean, the Patriots, to me, feel like a team that would say, oh, you know, we're above superstition. Uh, we're, you know, that's for low-thinking uh, franchises that don't get to this game. We, we, we operate in a completely different mindset. But 
you know, there there is there is something to the fact that you're clinging to the same jersey that you've used successfully. Well, it's not a great uniform overall, clinging. and they their whites are better. You know, and they got the mojo with it. They got the Malcolm Butler jersey, uh, interception with the white. Could they ever? I have a question. Would <laughs> you be allowed to go throwback? And wear like oh, the red so jersey awesome. with like Pat the Patriot. Who, or would you would, be allowed to? Who would? No, I don't think you would. But that would be I think amazing. who would not support an all throwback kind of matchup? It would be fantastic. Yeah. Monsters. So Monsters corporate people. Support. Corporate. Well, people. well, they think, but it, league officials. I think everyone seems to be in agreement that the Patriots' current uniform, since they rebooted in the '90s, is not a good uniform. It's basically the logo that's really the logo is bad. Yeah, except everyone loved it. It's just that every 20 years you're like, oh, I no, want that people, old Jets uniform. People did not like the El- the flying Elvi at the time. Yeah, a- even at the time it got Elvi. T- they called it. That's what that's what we called really? it looks, in it, New England. It's kind of a joke, you know, the fly, you know. The Elvises. That it, it was a strange logo. Even go right hang away. out with the Browns uniform, for right? Weeks. Yeah, yeah, right away, that. people were put, with the Patriots back uniform. on the flying Elvi. Patriots uniforms that are Elvi. fine. That's yeah, the plural of Elvis. You know. Elvis. So then the Eagles will wear their home. Jerseys. I mean, it's not an official thing, which they're undefeated in. How do you, do you like their uniforms? I I mean I, I would love, love to have the Kelly green ones. Mm. I think their throwback ones are awesome. I'm not really really into the the new ones. Mm. The midnight green. Anyway, not really my none of this matters really. Uh, but <laughs> it's fun to talk about. I'm glad you brought it up. More important news. <laughs> this is way more important. And Mark, I thought of you immediately uh, because last year famously you predicted that there would be no final score in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that something was going to happen and Super Bowl Hello. Oh, you did it. Oh. You said it nobody, twice. Hey. You said it twice. I don't know. You there. guys kind of missed the first one, yeah, though. So You're right. No, well, we no, all missed We it. all, yeah. So but that was two. Count. Wait, we're counting, count. no, that's counting on yeah, their diligence. The... <laughs> it's not on their diligence. I mean, we're, we're, the listeners can count. Yeah, so that's effort. two. So that's two for you. Yeah. We got two, now, buddy. Now you're in trouble. Interesting. It also, by the way, the guy reading the news, it's a tough spot. No, 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 no. You set up the game, so. Ah! All I'm saying, sit down. You guys should catch it. If you don't catch you're it, you're right. Now, we're we're so focused on what you're saying. I bet. That, you're right. If you, know. you had if you hadn't even brought it up, it would have. Anyway, last year you predicted, Mark, that there would be no end of that game. There was. You missed it by one year as it being an actual possibility, because an asteroid, and the uh, specific, I guess they number these. Yes. Code them out. Asteroid 2002, which is the first year the Patriots won the big game. Uh, AJ129 is set to pass by Earth on February 4th, which is blank, blank Sunday. On top of Of it, I have a sandwich on the fact that a week of football would be canceled this season. And yeah, you're running. So, you're right. You're we're two weeks left here. Technically, you know, there is. Didn't that already uh, happen, though, with the hurricanes? No, I mean a, tr- a full week. Okay. Right. So, so you need the- you need either the Pro Bowl or the game after that. To- yeah. This is now. I'm not even sure I could count the Pro Bowl, but I okay. Count as yeah. a week. As the yeah. season is now winding down, Mark's prop bets are starting to tumble down. They are, <laughs> and I was widely laughed at that. But who will be laughing if an asteroid, which they say no one will be laughing, literally everyone will be there. They are saying that if this managed to hit Earth, in quotes, would create a mini ice age. 
that would result in darkness for about a decade. Total darkness. Well, that's fitting that the Eagles are finally in the Super Bowl again, and this is happening. Great. (laughs) I'm going to take my vacation time, I feel like. Well, I did do. I've got 9.6 days, according to our uh, system. I did do a little research, and... uh, <laughs> oh, Colleen said it. Oh my God! Yes, you two no. are hot disasters. Yes. <laughs> well, that's no surprise. Yes. <laughs> Greg yeah. and I, Greg and I are going to be whipping the two of you in that little room. You little. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh. Mark actually has a paper here with notes that say well, "Asteroid" no. on the top. Yeah, because I looked up the the Twitter account <laughs> Asteroid Mark's Watch. Here right now, let's be right. honest. Asteroid Watch, the Twitter account says that it will safely pass by Earth. That the closest it would approach is 2.6 million miles over 10 times the distance between the Earth and the Moon. Kind of a letdown. Was hoping for a little bit more of a, mm. a rough brush by that might like wipe out call. part of the Earth. Part of maybe you know. Let's change things up. A how lot? How much? How many miles? 2.6 million. So I think yeah. we're. It feels safe. So I don't you know. Were, we won't get like a gust of wind or anything. Who knows? Listen. What if it says, "Hey, let's take a different direction." You were You're hoping gone. there would be eh, 10, 20 million casualties. I, I'm not like looking that. for. I'm not. It's not so much that I'm longing for that. Just like let's switch things up a little. Well, what do you think happens? Like, like another <laughs> year. Oh, what's going to happen this year? The same thing that happened last year. The same Super Bowl matchups. How about we just drop a big hammer? On- <laughs> oh. oh, hot mess, right. baby. Yes. Take your hot mess. Well, I'm, take I'm, your whipping. I'm doing fine compared to you two. <laughs> Not that much better. It's two We're to one get now. Greg. Well, there's only Greg one loser. There's one loser. I've spoken for the last time in this show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, we should in. be safe from the asteroid, but it's in play. And finally, last last uh, bit of news: uh, the Senior Bowl. It's Senior Bowl week, big game. Uh, so we are now going to throw it to our Senior Bowl expert, Mark Sessler. What are we looking for in this game? <laughs> Listen, if I'm if I'm a, you know a Senior Bowl. I want to say these guards, these guards and tackles. How do you scout these guys? Baker Mayfield is the, actually. I will say Baker Mayfield. If you're a quarterback, <laughs> nice, he's he's been, you're a quarterback needy team. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. They're like, oh, the knock on him is he's not big enough. He is the most interesting quarterback that I watched this entire season in college football. I didn't watch a lot, but I watched a couple of big quarterback <laughs> games. I did, and he was. I thought he was fascinating in that bowl game. Someone's going to get someone. I think the like, Dolphins fans think that he wants to go there. What's, Who knows? It's somewhat rare. It's somewhat rare. You have two potential top ten uh, picks at quarterback yeah. at the Senior Bowl, uh, along with Josh Allen. And, and yeah. I know how this is how you become a Senior Bowl and college analyst. You just have to say <laughs> these words. It, you know, it's not really about the game. You know what's really important <laughs> right. is the practices right. during the week, and right. and and they and they're watching everything. You got to watch like how they are in the meeting rooms, how they are with the meeting coaches. Room. You know, it's it's the things behind the scenes. Well, you also have to say this, like, you know what? I got to be honest. I watched the tape out there. He should be at this event. Mm-hmm. He should be at these practices, and I think he should have been playing in the game. I don't think he's doing himself any favors. Kid's got a high ceiling. I don't know why we're calling this Mark Sessler's Senior Bowl analysis on the videotape. That was quite a group effort. Well done there. Uh, That's what's happening in the news. Two to one to one. And right now, Greg in great position. Not one. Wait, didn't Dan say it three times? It's two. Two, one. Say what? What did you? What are you say? talking about, Greg? You said it once initially. I don't yeah. know. That got, that got wiped away because he was explaining oh, okay. the rules. Okay. Yeah, Stick and we already this. decided that that was not okay. that was not part of the content. So we're tied right now. We are tied, Mark, right behind, Greg. 
Zipping his lip. You're not getting. You're zipping your lip. Why? Well, very important. I don't win it. You don't win it. anything for this game. You just avoid going to the room. Right. Of There's agony. only Can't losers. Lose. <laughs> yeah, the NFL Media Agony Center is standing by. <laughs> They have a, there's going to be someone right outside the, po- the podcast studio at the end of the show. All right, here we go. Shoulders of Greatness presented by Shoulders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's great? Being a head coach is great. Yeah. I mean, what's better? That's, that's the goal, right? For millions, uh, million, millions, maybe like 800,000 to 1.4 million uh, people in this country their dream is to be an NFL head coach, right? There's only 32 big chairs. That sounds. Yeah. That sounds like a. That sounds is high. High or low? But I, I don't, don't know. I really don't have any basis for coming up with that. Number, it's hard to so know. You might be right. Hard to refute it. So I think I'm going to clear <laughs> on this. So 800k to 1.4 mil, but there's only 32 jobs at any one time. And now they're all, though not officially filled. There will be two more officially filled right after the big game mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday, uh, 12 days from now. Um, everyone has their coach set for the 2018 season. So let's just spin through the league and uh, go through, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of these hires as they happened or most of them, but let's now there's dig been, in a little there's bit. There's been some new ones, too. There's been some yeah. new ones. Uh, let's start, though, uh, with one of the brand new ones, actually. Why don't we start with the Arizona Cardinals, who have um, – Found their replacement for Bruce Arians, uh, and it is former Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes became their new head coach on Monday. Uh, A four-year contract with the Cards includes the fifth-year option. That's pretty standard, right, for these coaching gigs, unless you're a Gruden type? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. We don't know the money usually, but yeah. Uh, Anyway, your thoughts. uh, I'll start with you on this one, Greg. Your thoughts on this hire. Patrick Peterson likes it, by the way. He tweeted three words, all caps, I love it. You hear great things about him. Uh, Mike Garofolo on our network really put his uh, name out there and just was as strong as possible that he thinks it's going to be a great hire because of how Wilkes you know, works with people. And that's how he got hired. He was kind of a, a guy who's known as a leader in the room and has a lot of respect. And that's what head coaching is about a lot of times. You wonder who's going to be the offensive coordinator there. That's kind of another discussion. But it reminds... A lot of people that Bruce Arians was the final choice in the coaching cycle uh, four years ago. Not an afterthought exactly because he was known well, but he wasn't the guy everyone wanted. And the Cardinals did very well picking him kind of last among that group. And Wilkes similarly interviewed with a lot of teams and the Cardinals were most impressed by him. They were, of all the searches, the most methodical. They kept saying overtly, we want to take our time. That's just what they did with, with Arians. And when Arians was announced, it was like, Okay, well, that's not as flashy as probably some of the other people that he was by far the most fascinating coach that of that coaching year cycle. And with Wilkes, like speaking to Norman, he's he basically tweeted to Patrick Peterson and said, "You want the one guy that can take you and make you better? It's this guy." I mean, they, players yeah. love him, and I think it's also the one job with a lot of questions because you've got an you've got Carson Palmer maybe out of the door. That's the eight, that's the lot, biggest. You got thing. a lot to do on offense, I think. So they need patience. You got a great GM there in Steve Kime. They got to give him time to rebuild that side of the ball. Yeah, they have a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, they're going to get David Johnson back, but I think that's a tough spot for someone to start as a head coach, their first gig without a clear answer at quarterback. Well, and, and he's a defensive coach, and they had a really good defense, and now 
you know, they're changing their defense. James uh, Betcher, their coordinator, is expected to leave. Betcher. And so <laughs> it's all about who's going to be the offensive coordinator. John DeFilippo is believed to be a candidate. Though They would have to wait for the Eagles QB coach who, you know, was going to interview yeah. for their head coaching job. And so that, that would be a nice tandem. And then Mike McCoy and Daryl Bevel are also expected to. Someone has got to make DeFilippo an offensive coordinator. This would be a great spot for that. Because he works well with young quarterbacks. They wanted Mahomes last year. If you get another young – if you have to draft someone, then you've got the right coach with him. I think this is a – Colleen, you hit on it, and I agree. I think this is a tough job because you're replacing yeah. a guy. Arians was kind of the most notable head coach in that franchise's history and was a guy that was Which is crazy, beloved. but it's true. It's true. Yeah, he was – so he's a, he's a tough act to follow. We talk about it. We've talked about it before. You want to be the guy that follows the guy. You want to be the guy that follows mm-hmm. the guy that followed the guy. Rams, 49ers. I yeah. think it helps and the division, like players coach. The Rams, the Seahawks are in flux, but they're still around. And the 49ers are a team on the rise. Uh, and you don't have a quarterback. It's just, I, if I'm Steve Wilkes, I'm like, the job was good. Great. I'm so happy. But I know I, this could be an uphill battle for him. It's tough, yeah. You have a good GM and with Steve Kime, which is huge. I mean, that's, Kime bomb. that's a... Uh, Big piece to the puzzle. And you have David Johnson, Patrick Peterson, Honey Badger, Chandler Jones. Is Honey Badger definitely coming back? You got some players. You, Honey have, some, ba- you have stars. You have stars. Okay. Honey Badger, not 100%, but most likely. I think. Another new hire just became official on Monday was Mike Vrabel, who was uh, officially announced as the Titans head coach. Vrabel had previously had uh, coached with the Texans. Uh, he was their linebackers coach, and he spent – 2017 as their defensive coordinator. Uh, So he's kind of made a quick rise up the ranks. Uh, He had his press conference on Monday. And a lot of this, a lot about the Titans job is about who can develop Marcus Mariota and take him to the next level because there's so much potential there, as we saw in their late season run uh, on display again. Here's what he had to say in his memories of coaching against Mariota. We were scared to death, you know. He, he pulled a football on Jadavia and Clowney and, and, and ran 40 yards. And thank God he, he, he pulled his hamstring running 40 yards. That game wouldn't have been what it was that day uh, in Houston. So he, he's a special talent. You know, he's a special kid. And, uh, and I'm gonna, I can't wait to, to work with him and, and help him through you know, taking that next step in his career. But you, know, you, you get a quarterback that pulls it on, on JD, you, know, you better have uh, – you know, some cojones. Because J.D. normally swallows those guys up. Where is he from? That What's that accent? I think he's from... Isn't he from Pennsylvania? Physically impressive. Ohio. Colleen, uh, were you surprised... Akron, Ohio. And they have to get their, um, you know, offense, the offensive side of the ball, the coaching side set up well and, and to help Mariota. Are you surprised that they went defensive at head coach? Yeah, well, I think you hit on it, too. Uh, two things in your setup of that soundbite. Uh, the quick rise for him. I mean, I think the one of the main concerns about him is his lack of coaching experience. I mean, he has a ton of playing experience, but that coaching experience, that's tough. And also the development of Marcus Mariota, him being a defensive guy. I know he hit on it in his press conference talking about how the NCAA is like a, a farm system for the NFL. And I think that they're going to lean on a lot of collegiate concepts in that offense. A lot of your favorite thing, Dan, RPOs, mm-hmm. a lot of bootlegs, things like that. 
that. But that division is tough, and it's going to be even tougher next year. The AFC South, you have Deshaun Watson coming back. You have the Jaguars doing their thing. and Daniels and Luck. Andrew, yeah, yeah, Andrew Luck is back and healthy. That's tough. I mean, Vrabel came from Ohio State, and he tried to hire Ryan Day. You talk about college yeah. concepts. They're a co-offensive coordinator, and it sounds like that's not going to happen. So it is a huge – I wonder if John Filippo could ever be in the mix here. I mean, I haven't heard that yet, but you got to find the right guy. It has to be someone that can maximize Mariota. The big issue with Malarkey was developing players on offense. We heard that over and over. So you can't well, you can't go with a risky guy without experience. That's a huge L for Vrabel to take right off the bat because I agree. You would think he went in there with the plan of like you know you would think number the question number one is who is going to coach Mariota, and you would think his plan was Ryan Day from all accounts. I mean the Tennessean reported it was going to happen, mm. and he. Ryan Day had worked under, had coached under uh, Chip Kelly, had also played under Chip Kelly, was essentially kind of going to bring that sort of offense for Mariota, which he obviously excelled at at Oregon. Meanwhile, Mariota's old Oregon coach is going to be coordinating the Chicago Bears, which is also very interesting. And Vrabel didn't get that guy. I don't know who they're going to bring in, but it seems like that was kind of the plan. And on top of it, I mean, not surprising with a defensive head coach, but Dick LeBeau is gone, Mm -hmm. 59-year coaching career. 80 years old, looks like My he's about 63. He yeah. was, that's he's right. He's out now. Yeah. you got to find a new... I don't, I don't know what could, I'm going to do, honestly. Could yeah. Rabel, or he's a head coach, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, he's got to go assistant. I'm Couldn't LeBeau get too. an assistant job? He could get his job. He might get another job, like senior assistant to the, you know... We're going to have to... we have to redo that. Recalibrate yeah. the whole yeah. rankings of hot assistant coaches. John Filippo in that mix. Not a bad-looking guy. I'm just throwing it out no, there. Mark really is always on the table. doesn't even matter the category. He's just Down like, Down to the oh. table for D-Flip. He's just like, uh, just like he's A gentleman, good. a nice guy. Looks good in his swimsuit. It's like, didn't say right, that. Mark, sure, if you didn't say, say so. that. So, and I, I should have looked, <laughs> looked this up before the show, but LeBeau was a star player, I think went right into coaching, correct? Right, the next year. I think he, he retired in 72. I think it was a 14-year career with the Lions Hall of Famer. Still the 10th in the NFL history in interceptions. Maybe. Started his career the next year, longtime OC wow. or DC with the Bengals. Was briefly their head coach, then moved to Pittsburgh. And I think that a lot of people probably remember more from his Pittsburgh days now. Right. And now he's got to get a job or that streak ends. I mean, well, I don't his think career he's, is no, in tatters. I mean, a clo- source <laughs> close tatters. to him, according to the Tennessee, and said if the Tennessee thing ended, he would be comfortable retiring. That huh. said, who knows? I mean, basically, guy. yeah, invented his own blitz, which you see on almost every defense out there. I, I think I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but as a prominent uh, character in one of the great football books ever written, Paper Lion by George Plimpton, in mm. which Dick LeBeau is a country music singing renegade cornerback. That's so it. just kind of like a wild, like kind of wild child. Uh, See, I like corner. him even more now. Yeah. yeah. I just got a flat. I just got a, like a fast forward to a football life episode on NFL Network. Oh, yeah. In like 2026. And it's like, it'll be talking, his daughter is like, or maybe his wife, like, Dick didn't know what to do when there was no more football. It's all he ever knew. Like on their like farm with like the horses. It's like the third act of every one of these like football. Then what happened? Dan? Well, then yikes. Why do we got to wait eight years? It then goes into like a true crime story. They could have that thing edited and finished a month from now. I mean, it's going to. Dick stays active. Dick, he's been working with the high school team and he'll always be a coach. Whether or not he's in the NFL, this man will always be attached to football. Commercial break. Not a bad. You should just story. write it yourself. Well, it's a true story. We're waiting yeah. for it. Okay. Other uh, Nancy LeBeau, by the way. Nance. Uh, Matt Nagy. 
Not Nagy. Not a lot of. Are you Nagy's. sure it's not Nagy? Because I saw somewhere the that he. I know. I swear. I, I he told someone else that it was Nagy. N e g g y. He told someone that according to tweets that it, we he, were all attached. And to. then I, and then I he also was asked about it at a press conference and said he didn't care either way. Oh, but then he told on. someone don't, else. Give us some clarification. Yeah, don't be don't care guy. Your name. He said it was Nagy. Was given to you by your father. We need to get it right. I think he's going Nagy now. Nagy. I like I like uh, Nagy a little bit. Fact, do like do we want to accept that? I think I like we it. don't have a choice, but <laughs> well, he said we have a choice. No, he said Nagy, but then he said well, whatever. It's you like want. probably because it's going to be wrong. It's going to be wrong so often that if that if that's going to get his if that's going to unravel him every day, have a nice time. Like he's got to just say whatever. All right, here we go. It's like Yannick Ngakwe. I've I've been calling him Yannick Ngakwe this whole time. He he really he said Nagy. I think that's what okay. Nagy. So let's, that's it. Nagy like Leggy. All right. I don't know. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All right. Matt Nagy. Uh, it was officially announced that he is the Chicago Bears head coach. This was earlier this month. Uh, we already talked about this one, uh, but any other additional comments on Nagy? We've, it's already been success that we brought him up on the show because now we're saying his name correctly. The one thing right. I love is that they found a way to retain Vic Fangio and keep yes. that defense versus Versus getting another defensive coordinator and it brings a different scheme and you got to reboot the whole thing and draft 88 other players. So, <laughs> And I like that he admitted the mistakes that he had in the play calling uh, against the, the loss to Tennessee. Not he, running Kareem Hunt more. He kind of right, came right out with isn't, that. Like, Sunday's game was another reminder people blame coaches if if anything goes wrong, no matter what. It's like no one blamed Doug Peterson for continuing to throw away ahead. His players just, like, executed better. I had no problem uh, with Nagy. And, and one thing we didn't talk about on the show, which I just mentioned, was his offensive coordinator hire, Mark Helfrich, the old Oregon head coach. And that's it's interesting thinking about mm. what Andy Reid and Nagy did in Kansas City, and they had some pretty forward-thinking concepts, and now they're bringing in that. You know the Oregon style system. Be good for Trubisky. For Trubisky, yeah. like that. That should be a fun. Well, and speaking to of Peterson, it's like it sounds like these read. Like when you're when you're under Reed for a while, like you learn how to do the job. So maybe we don't need someone telling us that Matt Nagy can't do isn't a head coach in the NFL and find out two years from now that he's in the Super Bowl. Maybe uh, hold off on that hot take this time around. <laughs> <laughs> oh! You banged. You got banged, and you're gonna get it's whipped. It's a three-way tie. You're gonna get whipped, we're bro. All, right now, we're all gonna be. I don't know if we can do this during the show, but I want to bring back the sound clip of Mark calling out Colleen and Dan from about 15 right. minutes ago. You got it. I want that as a sound drop. Colleen you're, you're up on Listen, the, your high horse. My hubris was was overflowing, <laughs> and I'm paying the price like now. All right, so a it's... really weird bonding experience for the three of us. <laughs> we're like holding hands. <laughs> Anyway, it's two 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 zero now with probably only about 15 minutes in the show. Uh, John Gruden, of course, was hired by the Raiders. Uh, they gave him Yawn. gave him yeah. the, the world. And uh, one note to share here. Uh, Mark, you're really down on this hire. No, I'm kidding. No, I, it's not a yawn. I'm just saying that we oh, – But in general, you got, about it you're not hot about it. No, I get hot about things that I know. Every time John Gruden speaks, excuse me, can we please do a post on that? Like, oh, okay, we, I get it. Um, <laughs> his quarterback, his new quarterback, Derek Carr, spoke to NBC Sports Bay Area Scott Bear on Monday. Uh, there has been some question whether uh, Gruden and Derek Carr will work well together. Carr, a sensitive soul, perhaps? Uh, some whispers? Uh, we wouldn't say that because although he did block wow. Reg and I, we talked it out. We, we hugged it out via Skype, and we are no longer blocked. So he has the ability 
to change and forgive. He has our backing. Forgive. He wants uh, John Gruden to be tough on him. Here's his quote. John and I are going to get along great. I hope that he demands of me. I hope he's hard on me. I don't need to know he loves me. He has already told me that about 20 times. Oh, no. I appreciate that and will be be friends forever. Well, let's be careful with that. But I know he'll be demanding and tell me what I need to do. Let's go fix problems that I have, and let's do what I need to do to win championships. So he acknowledges, and he should, Derek Carr, because he was not a great quarterback by any stretch last season, uh, that he has things to work on, and that's a big reason why Gruden was so alluring, I think, to the Raiders, because they believe they could take, he could take Carr to the next level, or at least back to what he One was. One other interesting 2016. note, Peter King mentioned that Le'Veon Bell, if you would think he's just going to roll back to Pittsburgh, that he very much could wind up going to the highest bidder, and that the Raiders, he mentioned the Raiders as a team to watch uh, Marshawn Lynch, that thing is to end. We get that. But they maybe go hard after That's Le'Veon Bell. That would be... Does Lynch have to end? Don't they have him under contract? I'm just saying, I don't need another year of it. Do you? Are you, you're, are you yearning I for th- another I year of it? I think he had an off season. If you have an option to bring it. in Le'Veon Bell, who I would think the Steelers are going to franchise tag, but now you, you're seeing some things that maybe, maybe they won't. Like they, There was reported in the Post-Gazette, I know we're a little off topic, but it was really interesting, that he skipped the entire walkthrough yeah. the, before the playoff game. Wow. Yep. And then he showed up much later for the actual playoff game than players are supposed to. That team, man, I'm telling you, like, cool. they don't, that's like an something empo- wrong. That's an employee that's saying, like, I don't want to be here. Right. That feels a lot like the, what happened with the Giants, too, this year, just in terms of players kind of going off. Yeah, but the, before game. the AFC Championship game? That's pretty bad. That's, because, that's awful. Colleen, if you win the AFC Championship game, where do you go next? All right, you know where you go. Where? The blank bowl. Oh, how, about they, how about they even get to the AFC Championship game? He didn't show up to practice before the game. They got knocked out of the team they thought they were going to wipe away, the Jaguars. Right, and then they would advance to, obviously. Very big game. Very big sporting event. <laughs> one, one last thing with... You're with, too clever. It's too obvious a setup. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm on guard mentally on that one. Maybe. I don't know. One, one thing I've been tracking, which I've enjoyed, is this, little, yeah. this little heat between uh, Derek Carr and Jack Del Rio and that staff in the aftermath of them leaving. Number one, the the play-by-play guy of the Raiders said that the Raiders staff turned on Derek Carr late in that season, mm-hmm. kind of calling him out in team meetings and, and implied that Carr— Calling is, him out for what? I don't know. He had poor a broken play, back. Poor play, I guess, against Kansas City or something like that, but that Carr is a prideful guy, and you know that didn't sit too well. And then he, Carr had some comments— to I think it was the athletic where he said, "Well, let let's be honest. Del Rio's a defensive coach, and uh, the defense, you know, he didn't quite get that turned around, which mm. is a you know you normally don't hear that from the ex quarterback. So yeah. Carr wins in the Whoa. end because right. he is going to be playing in the Pro Bowl this week. And then our hey, our Pro co- Bowl quarterback, what needs end? to be fixed? Yeah, your Pro Bowl quarterback. <laughs> I uh, and then yeah, Derek Carr or David Carr, I believe, he said he was even our our coworker. Yeah, you know, he's close to Derek. Sure, so sure. He he was surprised. Brothers. He said he was personally surprised Del Rio even lasted as long as he did. With Whoa, really? Uh, Interesting. You know, Derek Carr he, playing in the Pro Bowl. He'd much rather be playing in the big game, the very large sporting event ahead. I do have to work away. on this. I want to yeah. get a little. Yeah, you're well, kind of. You're just taking us right to the. But also, yeah, you get this like grin <laughs> on your face. You get a, an entirely different look on your face. Plus, when you're trying to set plus up. what's bigger than the Pro Bowl? I mean, Orlando Sunday. <laughs> We've got our big preview shoot show coming up on Thursday. Fifty-five minutes breaking down the <laughs> rosters. It's Eso- so. 
East versus West? I don't know. What I'd rather do it. It's like old versus new. <laughs> it's so it? big that we that the that the stringer and I will not mention that we've sent to the game. Yes. We'll be monitoring practices and talking to players, and then is being flown out before the game begins. Wait, you're not even you got to use Kevin Patra's name. Well, I don't because you're just calling him a no stringer? because I don't want I don't want you just Kevin call Patra a stringer. I don't want him to be attached to that that he should stay for the game. Oh no. But I'm just saying, I, think, I hope like, Patrick doesn't hear this. Let him stay hey, for the game. Don't snitch out, Mark, because it's not Patrick won't. He won't like. It. I talk to Patra about 40 times more times a week than you do, too. So, well, insane. He's still part of my world. I'm friends with Patra. Don't you worry about that. It seems like there's something deeper world. here going you, on with Patra. Well, well don't try to here. explore. This is one other little <laughs> me- mechanism, the little Greg and Dan thing. Nice try. Listen, you called him a stringer. We're not supposed to. I was, to that. I was essentially saying it's a weird assignment, a, and I'm was, not attaching a name to it. Is he I going was, to could, Minnesota? Yes, yes, yes Patrick he will be there all week. He will be. Big body Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a, he's got some scores to settle because Shook has gotten a lot of, you know, credit Uh-oh. and deservedly so for his bod throughout the season. Now Patrick wants. He wants the crown. He wants. They the don't crown. have remotely the same body. I mean, Patra is Patra is a good-looking guy. <laughs> Nick Shook is in a whole different universe than anyone in our office outside of Willie McGinnis. It's true. It's very true. This is all right. Don't I'm, need I'm, that I have enough. That's good. That's great. Um, also, the, the New York Giants made it official. They've hired Pat Shermer to be their head coach, and. Um, this was an announcement that comes after Shermer's season ended with the Vikings. He was their offensive coordinator. They get knocked out uh, by the Eagles. Congratulations, Connie, which paves the way for Shermer to take over. Uh, your thoughts, I Greg, a big part in that. on this hire? I was really struck on Sunday night because I was you know, part of the group that was talking to Shermer after the game, how quickly – the mode changes because he essentially was having a Giants press conference in the locker room of Minnesota. That's uh, not in a bad way. I mean, he handled it all perfectly. What could he do? He's just surrounded by New York yeah, press. And I thought he was very professional. But the most important thing, you know, when you think about the Giants is the quarterback situation. And the reports are that they hired him because they thought he could salvage and improve Eli Manning and the, the end of his career while at the same time, uh, tutoring a new quarterback that they're going to bring in. So that, to me, answers the number one question with the Giants. I think that's the plan. It's so weird that he goes from on Sunday night playing, almost being in the big game, to <laughs> going to the Senior Bowl and scouting with Dave Gettleman this week. Like, that, just just seeing those two things next to each other, that's so crazy how they do have to switch so fast. And then they have the number two overall pick. So that's a that's a big deal here. And a big thing that he has to make a decision on in the team. Huge comeback story because right. I think it's easy to forget that the one thing that happened to Shermer that was really unfair to any coaches, there was a, there was an ownership change in the middle of his Browns regime that clearly he was not seen as the guy going forward. But I'm not sure he would have lasted much longer no matter who the owner was because it was it was a really messy run. And it was a messy run not for his reasons alone, but it wasn't someone that you heard reports of, wow, this guy really connects with players. He really, like, these, this guy is a magnetic personality. He wasn't with the media. Lindsay covered him, and she, she's got some comments on that, I'm sure. It's just that, do you, Lindsay? Do you want to? <laughs> I just said I've got, like, a whole library of sound drops of Pat Shermer because he would say the most bizarre things during a press conference. Like what? How do, like, how do you mean? I think it's important on defense that you prevent the score. Throwing and catching is very important. 
You're in third and long because you didn't do something right on first and second well, it's down. It's like if he's Belichick says that, if Belichick says that, it's like, oh, yeah, Belichick, he's just kind of knows how to, like, gloss over the reporter. Shermer says it when the team is suffering. It's like, Pat, but the, the, I it, think it's it, fair to it, wonder how he'll handle the New York media. I yes. think so, because it's, you're going, you're going, that is a cantankerous, Cleveland's a cantankerous media outlet, obviously. New York's a whole different beast, but it got ugly at the end of Shermer. He got testy with reporters, and so you're going to be under, one thing is, you're, Ben McAdoo left that locker room in absolute messy status. You're going to have to go in and how do you handle one of the toughest locker rooms in sports. It's New York. I mean, you got a lot of other agendas going on. They do a really good job with the Vikings the last Great job. two weeks. Their protection really failed them on on Monday. I mean, on Sunday. And I, you know, I don't know if Shermer is totally at fault for that, but they really had a tough time kind of picking up where the Eagles' pressure was going to go. So he had a rough a rough game. But I mean, he's done. He's been a different coach since he was with Chip. I I, that's, I do think it's a comeback story because he re, he went out and reinvented himself. But do you see? So I get Eli Manning and a draft pick, but you also are going to potentially have Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, or Teddy Bridgewater out there. People that he knows. Would he ever chase one of those guys? Why Eli it's Manning? It yeah. says no. I mean, the, I'm going to trust the reporting for now. Heck, Nick Foles, I think, mm-hmm. could be available. Right. And he coached. You know, he said he wasn't surprised how well Nick Foles played because he's seen Nick Foles play well. Yeah. The the report also is that he's going to hire Del Rio as his defensive coordinator, coordinator, and that's yeah. a risky uh, hire in my mind, uh, just because they had continuity with Spags. James Petcher uh, also Spags. mentioned, but Del Rio's the favorite. That's weird. Yeah, this is Mark a great comeback tale. Yes, it is. Come back, Colonels, with Mark Sessler. 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 Come back. Also in the news, Josh McDaniels expected to be hired by the Colts. Matt Patricia expected to be hired by the Lions. Not official yet for obvious reasons. Um, Both men tied up with the Patriots right now. Good hires, both, you think? Well, why not? I feel like these, as Greg mentioned before, I mean, the only surprise is it's happening now versus a year ago or even two. McDaniels has a spotty record as a head coach, but that feels like ancient history to me. The one thing I'll say about McDaniels, when he has been outside of the New England system, his offense in Denver ranked 19th and 20th in points. And you remember that year he went to St. Louis to be the offensive coordinator, 32nd in points. It's not the same thing when you don't have... It, it, it's not Josh McDaniels alone cooking up what's happening in New England. He has incredible talent around him, and they, they, don't, they don't botch front office hirings often there. They bring in the right players. So, you know, let's see what you can do on your own. Yeah, and we know with McDaniels, he's already starting to put together his staff, which I can't imagine having to be in that position while you're preparing for a Super Bowl and you're also trying to figure out who you're going to even be working with next year. But I know that he's looking at Dallas linebacker coach uh, to be the D.C. Did I say it? Did I say oh, it? Oh, no! Goodness. No! Oh, no. You're done. I don't. Know. I don't even feel like finishing that thought. Forget it. Because you're so upset with <laughs> I'm yourself. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. You know what you can do, by the way, Greg. You what? are. Uh, I can just say it once. You, you definitely you could. Do it twice if you no. want. Yeah. I don't want to. Not even once. You want. You want to pitch the complete game shot? Yeah. Why would hey, I? I respect that. 
Could you, could you see any of the? Could you see? <laughs> like, the agony seven with you. I'm fuming. <laughs> well, it's a, like Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, Amendola—they're all free agents after this season. You think Josh McDaniels tries and gets goes out and gets some of his own guys, or Matt Patricia for that? Yeah, I mean that's part of the issue with when different Patriots assistants get jobs is that they're all looking at the same players, and this will be mentioned a lot over the last couple of weeks. But it's the exact same scenario as as 2004 when Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell were leaving town, although Weiss was going to college like can they win there that would be cool bring some patriots players back to the college ranks that would be next level <laughs> that, that, I, the one thing i, I want to throw out there with mcdaniels is it doesn't sound like this is 100 percent done everyone is oh, like, really? expecting oh. that this is done 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 and mcdaniels at various points has made decisions not to take jobs and I, you just get the sense that it's not 100 percent. like patricia it's it's locked and loaded. That thing's happening. I don't know. If McDaniels gets there and Jeremy say he gets a weird vibe, I don't know. It seems like it's what? not a total. What then they hire, they hire Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels takes over the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, so there you go. That is the coach reset seg. And it's only it's only possible because we all stand on the shoulders of greatness presented by Head and Shoulders. Now I'm not talking again because I'm in the clear. <sighs> me too, man. You and this me both. Awful. Connie Fox heading towards a world of hurt. I'm so angry about this. <laughs> All right, it's fine. Let's move on. It's not over What's yet. Next? It's it, called discipline. Okay. But now I don't have any of that. You guys know that. <laughs> now is the time. <laughs> it should not be a surprise. Of the show. A- as I've said. Uh... Oh. Wait. Stop the sirens. This is your production meeting Big time. Big news. What? No show today. No so power ranking show. Why stay. did they stop the show? Uh, I don't know, but we have one. We have one after the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, oh, we did it. I'm about to. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> You're really bad. Listen, I'm. I'm still in a pretty bad space. How about um, this? How about this? Philadelphia Super Bowl. Oh, I can just fly. Free. Oh. I can fly free. I'm still hanging. Well, you I'm don't know. You may regret that. Yeah, you may. No, we'll see. That. I'm fine. All right. well, wait, but what about all the people out there that want to know uh, the rankings between <laughs> the Patriots and the Eagles? And, They're not gonna and get the it. Vikings. They're not going to get it. For that matter. Maybe nope. the Vikings still ahead of the Eagles. Doesn't matter. Um, Nothing all right. matters anymore. All right, Colleen, just enjoy the last uh, 10 minutes or so that you have before life takes a really dark turn. Before the center. Um, as we said, Christian Anderson has uh, done yeoman's work behind the glass all season long on our video show, which again, if you're not watching this video show on Tuesday, you should because it's fun and it will be live streamed uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, NFL.com slash ATN videos. And now to close out our video shows for the 2017 season, I'm going to throw it to Christian Anderson. As I said at the top of the show, a man that grew up (laughs) in Tinseltown. La La Land. Or Tinseltown adjacent in the valley. And uh, the man has stories. So he said, Christian, why don't you spin a yarn from your days of yore? I'm like a unicorn. No one is ever from here, and especially in our business. <laughs> Everyone's so always from Syracuse or Northwestern. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's yeah, very true. It's all those jerks. So here we go. Christian <laughs> Anderson presents. And this in honor, Christian Anderson is one of his boyhood friends. Not a joke. Paul Thomas Anderson, no relation just got nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture uh, and Director. Uh, Phantom, the film you like a lot, Greg. Phantom Thread's one of the best movies I've seen in years. Got a text message in the production meeting about it. 
From PTA? No, from my wife. Oh. <laughs> Still cool. Still cool. Still, you got a wife. He's like, in good. case yeah, you yeah. haven't heard, Christian childhood friend. <laughs> Just well, got nominated. She knows him longer than I did. So they, oh. you are embedded yeah. in the scene. So here we yes. go. Christian Anderson presents Real Life Tales from Hollywood High. Take it away, Christian. All right, I'm going to give you two stories. The first being in a graduation party from high school. My friend Shane Conrad, whose dad was Robert Conrad from wow. like Baba ba- Black Sheep. Yes. Ooh. A famous competitor from the star, you know, the what's the star Network show? Network Stars. Network Battle Stars, Network yes. Stars, yep. And Gabe Kaplan, their famous face-off. So the graduation party was at their house at the Colony in Malibu. Ooh, that Ooh. sounds which, like a, a, a Tony area. Yes. you ha- There's a gate. Every house is at least, at that time, 10 to $12 million. They go out over the ocean. Oh, my God. So they allow us, the high school kids, have a bonfire on the beach. Everyone ends up crashing and sleeping on the beach. I go back to my car, the Datsun 280ZX, <laughs> and I put the seat back, and I fall asleep slash pass out right. after a party with, as aforementioned, Paul and, and, and others. Oh, PTA is at this party. Of course, of course, of course. As, as he's as he's want to, <laughs> do. to do. So I'm I'm in the car. the uh, The sun is rising. It's a foggy Malibu morning after this hazy night, and I and I just kind of look out out my window, and someone is bent over, staring at me as I'm sleeping in the car, and it's Charlie Sheen. What? <laughs> at six fifteen in the morning. No. Of it. Walking his dog, just getting home. From wherever he was oh the night God. before. And so I'm you know, staring at Charlie Sheen on a, at a high school party that was wow. on a beach in Malibu. So that's one. Wait, how, what old, year how old is Sheen yeah, at the Yeah, right. What year are, is that? Are we giving years? I mean, am I, is it Well, not, just how old is uh, Sheen, would you guess? I would say he's early 20s. Okay. Is this oh before or after this is, Ferris Bueller? This is soon after Platoon. Soon after Platoon. He's a raging star at that point. Oh, he's raging. Yeah. Something, yes. <laughs> at that time, yes. So I, I got wow. Chaz Sheen staring at me. So that's that's a good one. Uh, um, I love, that's a great one. That's yeah. And okay. a, uh, I'll, I'll give you one more just to bring it back. So we talked about my high school was a very elite high school. Lots of right. uh, lots of famous alums. I've got a little quick list here of uh, some. Cher. What? Michael Jackson. <laughs> Cher and Michael Jackson. Went to your high the aforementioned PT. Robin yeah. Thicke. Stephen Dorff. Danny Pintaro. Oh, my God. Eve Plum. It's falling off a from, cliff. From uh, Brady Bunch. Of course. Aww. Yeah, Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah. Wow. And the current manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lavolo, just to wow. throw in a little right. athletic. So it's a very wealthy school. I well, was not one Kristen of those Anderson. wealthy. I know. They, I'm not on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> not yet. So a wealthy school. Our I, listeners will handle that. I was not part of the wealthy. My assistant coaches at the time were not making that kind of money. But my current wife, who at the time was not a a uh, romantic interest, just friends. Like she gave me the Heisman, Heisman at the time. Nice. She was from the wealthy side. So oh. first time we go to hang out, we're going to go see a movie. I go pick her up, and I'm driving up the hill above Ventura Boulevard to the top, and I'm coming from the flats. And so I pick her up in this old Porsche bucket, and we're, she goes, hey, did you uh, see the Karate Kid house on the way out? I said, no, what Karate Kid house? She goes, oh, you know, Elizabeth Shue's house at, at the end of the block when – they picked her up for the date. No way. Right. Remember the car stalled. They had the bump start as they start their date. Yep. I'm like, well, great. Send me that way. So, again, <laughs> 1965 Bucket Porsche. We go, and there's the house. It's at, like, the end of the cul-de-sac, and I see it, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I start inching up and kind of looking at it, and I've got this, you know, pretty girl. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> and just as we're in front of the house sideways, I'm looking. Glove, glove. Car stalls. Uh, 
No. So I had to bump my car at the start of what I thought was a date in front Whoa. of the same house that Ralph Macchio had to bump start the car <laughs> with his mom <laughs> awesome. in the movie That's cool. Karate Kid. Is that meta? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Christian, these are great stories. Wow. So that's two. Well, I thought you would enjoy. And that doesn't Love even, them both. And you didn't even include, I guess it wasn't from Hollywood High, but you didn't even include the story of your softball team made up. The reruns. Of, of ex yeah. sitcom actors. We recall the reruns because everyone who was on the team, <laughs> their shows were in reruns. So it was honorary coach Harvey Corman. Right. Uh, you've got <laughs> <laughs> who's Corman from? Just the Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Oh my God! Yeah, Headley Lamar. Uh, you had uh, Jack Riley, who was a coach, who was on Newhart Show. You had <laughs> uh, Ronnie Shell, who was Gomer Pyle's best friend. The reruns. And Fred Willard was the center fielder. Wow. He was my a three sons? center fielder. That, Fred Willard from like Best in Show. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Going strong. But the best part was we would have an end of year. I like that he year. has the range for a center fielder. Yeah. <laughs> that. So we had an end of year party and all these guys would get up and they would do 10 to 15 minutes of comedy in front of all their friends, just whatever they can to bust people up. So that was like the best part of the year. These guys would get up 200 years of Hollywood experience up. Wow. Doing his so whatever cool. bits, and me in the back of the room, not supposed to be there. Well, quick, quick question: it. How did you get on a team built of uh, <laughs> former rerun comic stand-up people? Uh, so, wondering. my brother's best friend at the time was Ronnie Shell's son, uh -huh. and so I was constantly driving them back and forth. Got to know Ronnie, <laughs> and he needed a ringer because <laughs> the age difference was good. there. Yeah, no, it's yeah, good. Yeah, they brought in Jonathan Silverman. They got Silverman? Silverman came on the team just to young it up a little bit as well when they Silverman, brought me on. of course, of a weekend at Bernie's fame and uh, the later sitcom The Single Guy. One Christian's of the many connected. failed post-Friends uh, pre-Seinfeld time slot yeah. comedies in the must-see TV lineups. <laughs> so that's just a, a dip wow. of the toe into the waters. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. Christian, you've done it. <laughs> one of our best that segments. Was successful. Did I go out strong? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why did we uh, introduce one of our best segments ever minutes before this segment of the podcast wraps forever? There was doubt. Maybe there's something to look forward to next season. Yeah. Because we hope, Christian, you're back with us uh, going forward. We don't know what the future holds. Perhaps right? sales can sell this and sell the show as part mm. of it. Maybe bring Ooh. me back. Now we're flying. Yeah. But I, I had a great time this season. I love working with you guys. It was fun. You it too, was buddy. great. Love you, great show. Christian great show. And uh, Lindsay and everyone behind the glass has done such great work. This is not an easy show to put together sometimes, most of, most of all because of the people on this side of the glass make it difficult at times. But we got through it. We made it through. Speak for yourself. 20 weeks, especially Colleen. <laughs> all her rules. And I'll see you at the Super time. Bowl. How about that? Well. But Get at this it. point, I lost anyway. You have somewhere to go. Actually, si sound the alarm because Connie does have somewhere to go. It's Super the, Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. The NFL Media <laughs> Agony Center <laughs> where she will get a whipping. It sounds Can't really weird. Can't wait for the uh, listener made <laughs> graphics to flow in. Oh on my this God, one. no. Uh, we will be. 8 to 3, she loses. According <laughs> <laughs> to the scoreboard. 8 3. Greg two, pitches the no hitter. Zero. Nice job, Greg. Beautiful work. Oh, uh, we will be back on <laughs> Thursday with one more show this week. Uh, no show this weekend. And then, then we what is this? What is happening? What is this? Here's oh, a loose no. cannon. Eric Tamposi rolls in with a life-size cutout of <laughs> Justin, Justin Timberlake. Oh, no. uh, Erica? Hi, how what are you? What a way to end the show. What's for anyone watching on 
He has NFL. a beautiful Shawnak on. Video. Is that a Shawnak or a blazer? He's a man is of that actually that? his actual height? I don't know. I don't know. It so, looks like it's size to life. Just another reason why to check out the ATN video show at <laughs> NFL.com slash ATN video. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, traveling. It's weird with Justin Timberlake over my left shoulder. <laughs> traveling over the weekend. And then we have three shows. Super Bowl week, including, of course, the Sunday night. Doesn't matter. I know, no, I know, I know. Uh, including the Sunday night uh, recap show and a full video show that will air next Friday, we'll do a whole show from the Mall of America. Connie Fox will be involved. That's if you, right. If you survive what's about to happen to I, you. So I don't that's, know. That's what she said. That's it for the show. <laughs> uh, this is Dan Hansen signing off. Oh, my God. For a quiet storm, tiny box, JT, man of the woods, the old boss, Lindsay Fulton, and Christian Anderson, Mr. Hollywood himself behind the glass. Till Thursday. Later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.